Okay. Here we are. We're here. Wow. Um, <laughs> hi, guys. It's Megan Collins from Style Broker, and I'm here with Taylor Davies. We are attempting to record a podcast, and we are going to see if we can get it online. And if we can't, I'm going to leave this live for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. We also tried to get it on YouTube. <laughs> Couldn't figure that out either. No. Too confusing. No, too confusing. Um, so bear with us, and we probably won't necessarily be uh, checking comments because otherwise that's going to involve a lot of this. And yeah, a lot of, you know. Working. Um, so <laughs> um, stay tuned because who knows if this will actually make it onto iTunes or right. wherever you uh, wherever you get, get your podcast. <laughs> it's all, also called Apple Podcast now. I can't keep oh, up. Sorry. Uh, um so yeah so to be honest this is very much a trial run like this is like when new late night talk show hosts get a talk show and they do like fake shows for a week and they just have sort of their like celebrity friends come on yeah an audience comes but it never gets broadcast because like seth meyers still needs to learn how to like open up to you know Mm -hmm. the audience while also engaging like that's what is happening right now yeah so that's to the extent that I don't even know if this will go under the undressed header or if we'll sort of start something different. Um, I feel like one of these days I will do something that is so well thought out and strategic and like all planned. This is not one of those days. No, but when it comes, it's going to blow everyone's mind. Right, exactly. <laughs> like there'll be like a landing page, there'll mm-hmm. be an email stream. Anyways, this is not that. This is very much. Um, something I've been wanting to do and didn't really want to wait until I could figure out how to do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Undressed has always been about just sort of me talking to people about what is interesting about them and what helps them lead a stylish life. And so sure. that's something that Taylor obviously brings to the party on Style Girlfriend, you know, whether she's writing about fashion, whether she's writing about dating and relationships, mm-hmm. um, she has a really great point of view. And so... Again, too much transparency, but it's also like way easier for me than like setting up guests. Yeah. So for the time being, because I just walked down here from my apartment. This afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so for the time being, uh, the setup's gonna sort of just be pretty chit chatty. Like we have a couple of things that we've been wanting to talk about, or already have been talking about on G Chat. Yeah. Through the week, uh, and, and in Maine, and like on and offline in Maine. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of chit chat. A lot of chit chat in general happens. Always so much chit chat. So much chit chat. So we're going to get right into it. Um, Taylor, the first thing on our outline, uh, I'm wondering what you thought of the models carrying their own severed heads down the runway at Gucci. You know what? I, my hot take is, wow, amazing, go for it, do it. Uh, I had never seen anything like it. You guys, all you have to do to like see this is go on any, like, go to like GQ's Instagram, go to Gucci's Instagram, go to anybody's Instagram, and you'll see... There's like there were two models who also kind of looked a little bit ghostly, both super pale, one really blonde, one a redhead, and they're carrying like model heads that look exactly like them. Just carry them in their arms. Mm-hmm. And they did a whole thing where like there were someone else was carrying like a dragon that was fake, and like it was all some really kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if it's sort of like a meta look at fashion or at humans I didn't actually bother to look into (laughs) any analysis of it I was like fashion severed heads yeah moving on 
So, yeah. I mean, personally, uh, Men's Fashion Week happened a couple weeks ago here, and yeah. now it's Men's and Women's Fashion Week is sort of, it's continuing to globe trot around. It's in London? Milan right now, yeah. Milan right and now. And Paris is next. So, you will probably continue to see some of these things if you keep a little bit abreast of, like, legit fashion with a capital F. Yeah content on on the internet and so you might have seen that I think we even tweeted about it it was weird I just think it was weird but I also think it's like it's fun when somebody does like a conversation starting moment during a fashion show because I feel like now all these fashion brands are struggling like with how to keep runway shows even relevant at all and I feel like everybody's eye has been on Gucci lately because they've just been so like hot 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 like everyone's obsessed with everything they're doing they have that t-shirt that's like sort of affordable that everybody's wearing right now yeah. it just says Gucci like it kind of looks yeah. like an 80s t-shirt yeah exactly um so I feel like they're really having a moment and did you also see the fun thing about their show which fun in quotation marks they had 90 looks really nine zero can you like that even as a fat as somebody to like write a review of that uploading the slideshow if you're just like some poor intern at vogue.com like that's a a lot of look, honey. That's a lot of looks. <laughs> <laughs> That's completely wow, great time. well on the podcast, which uh, definitely we do, we like again. We're doing this so um, we're flying ratchet. by the seat of our pants. Yeah, like usually we have like we, the mics are just off frame, so you mm-hmm. can't see them. But we should have those like things that cover yeah. up um, to give a little bit of a breather from like our s's and t's. So oh. sorry to everyone who's only listening and just got to hear yeah. us. Or piss into the mic. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was something, and I suppose yes, it gets people talking. And I would like to think that that's not always just what you're going. Like shock value is not always oh, the end goal. Yeah, I mean, I thought there were a lot of interesting looks, L E W K S, to see as well. But the severed heads, sort of, I think. Maybe you're right, because I feel like they kind of veered the conversation off of the looks. People couldn't stop talking about the severed heads and also the dragon. Right. Which were weird. Right. (laughs) Again, if I cared enough, I would actually go and read some of the think pieces on it. Like, I'm sure there's people smarter than me who were like, this is what that means, has thought about this a lot more. Yeah. Then then their hot take is the take we'll take. Right, exactly. (laughs) I want to absorb their hot takes. Yeah. But also, I just didn't care enough about this to... No, I didn't really either. secondary... No. So there we are. So that's Fashion Week. Wow, we just talked about actual fashion way more than I have ever talked about it on this podcast, like, on the site. Well, hey, Severed Heads will do that to you. Severed Heads will do that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe they should keep bringing them back. Um, (laughs) Speaking of fashion, like a lowercase f Mm, fashion, uh um, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy (laughs) is back. Back! It's so back, and what's really so interesting back. is it's actually been back since like February 9th, I want to say. Yeah, that Netflix rebooted the show, um, and you know, put all the episodes up, but it didn't, it feels like it didn't really become a moment until maybe last week, like last week, yeah, coincidentally when I started watching it. So maybe it's just that. Wow, and how did you get started me. watching Queer Eye? Who said, hmm, maybe Megan, you should watch Queer Eye? <laughs> to be fair, literally everyone. But you were the one that, like, pushed me over the edge. I was there in person. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of it? Tell me your impression. Oh, my God. I, like, my hottest hot take is that I love, love, love the Queer Eye reboot. Um, 
And then upon further analysis, I feel like I'm willing to acknowledge the weaknesses that other people smarter than me, again, who have done the deep, the deep thinking, the deep research have acknowledged, um, in that, I don't know, the whole like concept of a makeover, makeover show can be a little bit problematic for like a number of reasons. But I also didn't watch the original Queer Eye that much. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, that wasn't super, I wasn't super tapped into it. So this version, I feel like it just has so much heart and so much, um, sort of getting at the root of why, like, so obviously the concept of the show is they're giving these guys like makeovers for their grooming, makeover for their style and makeovers for their home. And then also like a little bit of a makeover in here, you know, the heart. Well said. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and so it's like, it's sassy and silly and fun, but you see these like very real guys kind of tapping into stuff they don't talk about, like why they don't have confidence, what's going on in their lives that has made them be almost reclusive or keeping all of their friend groups separate from their family, from their work, not letting people into their homes, all these different things. And you, and it's, it's just kind of wonderful to see all these men, gay, straight, and, you know, no matter what. That's why they also changed the name to just Queer Eye, because there is... Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, I said it wrong? Oh, well, no. they, so they've just shortened it to just Queer Eye now, because there is... Um, oh, because that one episode where they actually make over one guy yeah. that is gay. So, um, it's just really amazing to see, I think, and I think you would probably feel the same way, to see all these men kind of together, kind of being a little bit vulnerable and being open about everything from how their grooming makes them feel, how the way they dress makes them feel, having people in their homes and building relationships. Like all the stuff basically that you might say make up the style girlfriend role. One might. Um, (laughs) Yes, I agree with all of that. I want to touch on something that you said, you know, uh, about the drawbacks or about sort of people's – pushback against both the original and the show now. Yeah. People don't change. And also that, well, why is it these, like, why is it gay guys coming in to help them? Um, yeah. And I think when the show originally premiered, that was sort of this really novel topic. And this idea of metrosexuality was just taking off. And so yeah. I think there was, the culture was leaning harder into the idea that men in general could do better um, it was okay for them to want to do better. Yeah. And uh, this show came up and it was, I mean, was it a gimmick? Yes. Is it still a gimmick? Yes. Yeah. Could it be us giving them these tips? Sure. And again, we do on Style Girlfriend. So it's not yeah. about it being that the guys are gay. I think that, again, it continues to be a fun gimmick in the same way that, I don't know, does like flip or flop need to be a married couple that's like one's the carpenter and one's the no, yeah but like it's fun right? yeah yeah well and I think that what's been interesting with so they, the whole show is set in Georgia and they kind of base their sort of makeovers out of Atlanta and then all the people that they make over are in like different parts of Georgia and what's been interesting is that instead of kind of trying to act like it's anywhere in America they've really leaned into the different prejudices and stereotypes that some of these like random people, I mean, they're certainly not random, but the people that they've selected to make over the biases they carry about black guys, about police going the other way, um, about, and about gay guys. And it's been, I think it was really interesting that they, 
you know, it's a, it's a fluffy, frothy show. So they're not like, this isn't like, what would be an example? I mean, like, this isn't like a docu-series on confronting homosexuality in America. But what it does is sort of like give you a playful look at these guys who probably don't have any gay friends or any gay people in their community that they associate with regularly and saying like, everyone's a person. Again, it's a frothy show. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but I did like that they didn't shy away from sort of helping these people, like letting these people kind of confront stereotypes that they might have already had. Yes, absolutely. And I think to the point of, well, people don't change and they'll just go back to their old ways. Mm, mm -hmm. I suppose I take personal like umbrage with that simply because I literally, our, the Style Girlfriend brand is about the idea that you can change and that making yeah. small concerted efforts yep. adds up to this really big payoff. Yeah. And that even taking, you know, small steps in a new direction, you get this immediate feedback loop that's like, you look great. You seem more confident. You, you know, yeah. are holding yourself kind of straighter and higher and, you know, um, throwing your shoulders back and wow. And so yeah. the idea that people wouldn't, that men specifically wouldn't take that newfound confidence from those changes. And even if they like put on cargo shorts again one day, that they still, you know, maybe get a nicer haircut than they did before, or they're looking for more color when they go to the store for yeah. to go shopping or a, a slimmer fit. So I think for me, like the moments when it's the straight guys or when it's, sorry, when it's like the subjects, straight or gay, when it's them at the end of the week or whatever saying, yeah. Hey, here's how I felt about this. So much of what like I was hearing was I was just waiting for someone to give me permission to do this, to try to care. And so, yeah, the fact or like the idea that they would just totally 180 back to what they were before yeah doesn't seem super feasible and again even if they like backslide or whatever it still feels worth making the effort so I, I mean I love it like it feels I feel very encouraged with every single well, episode that I watch I haven't seen them I all agree. yeah I have seen them all <laughs> um I feel like it's this I mean I just think it's interesting when people yeah again to come back to that notion of like you can't change I take major offense towards that because I feel like it's sort of, I don't know, it comes back to the ideas of like New Year's resolutions and stuff like that, which I do feel like, again, can be hard to keep, but I don't see any problem with trying to make a promise to yourself or trying to move your life in a different way, like hopefully building towards lasting habits. Like, no, does it happen overnight? No. Like, and it, I, I don't know, it, it speaks to fitness, it speaks to eating, it speaks to making your bed every day. Like, that's a change that you could easily make. So, I don't know, I think that anybody who feels like people are really static in that way and that, well, they can't really be anything other than what they are in that moment, you know, wise up. Do you think that falls along gender lines? Do you think, I think... Let me tell you what I think before I even give you no. a chance to answer my question. Do it. Because I do. I think that women are much more allowed in our culture to both change and to, like, acknowledge that they want to change. Yeah. I feel like with men, they have to almost, like, keep it covert or not at all. So, whereas, like, again, sure. self-help books or, yeah. like, fitness classes. Like, you have to – there's something about, like, publicly putting yourself out there um, – buying a book or, again, taking a class or 
yeah. going shopping and trying things on that feels like you're making yourself vulnerable in a way that I don't think guys always are comfortable doing or yeah. being comfortable making themselves or that they are okay with being vulnerable in that way. And so instead they revert back to this idea of like, well, yeah, like, well, I, I am who I am. And that to me, again, like I, I hope that style girlfriend creates this permission structure yeah. of like, you can change and there's not that there's anything wrong with you now, but why not try to do something better or different if And if that's interesting now, to you happy. or if that's exciting to you, then mm-hmm. here's your yeah, you know, like here's your permission. Go for it, go forth. We all want to see you do it. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Am I I would. Yeah, no, I would agree with that for sure. Because I feel like with guys, if you're offering to make that change, it can only be like certain things that also feel like super manly. Like yeah, the example that came to my mind like right away was like, yo. I joined CrossFit. Like, deciding that you're going to be paleo because you want to bulk up your muscles or deciding that you want to do CrossFit because you want to be strong and lose weight or whatever the case may be. I don't know. I think those sort of, like, superficial examples were the first thing that came to mind for me because, again, they have such a traditionally masculine label. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think women have way more permission to do that and to talk about it, to talk about it on social media, to talk about it to their friends, talk about it to their family. Talk about it with your therapist. Talk to your dog about it. Like, women definitely have the upper hand in feeling like they have all the agency they could ever need to bring change that they want to do. Absolutely. And I think when it comes to personal appearance, you're right. I think, yeah, if you're wanting to bulk up, then that's, like, okay. But if it's, I want to dress better, I want, you know, a haircut that makes me feel more handsome, I want my skin to be clearer, for my apartment to be more stylish. Right. And when you lead it to sort of its natural conclusion, it's like, it's never about, you know, oh, I want my home to be featured in an architectural digest. No. It's, I want to come home to a, a space that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that's sort of our goal across the board. And I think yeah. to just realize that that's the end goal, like whatever it is that you're changing is because you want to feel better, like on the inside. I think that's, can be hard because that almost like doesn't feel like a worthwhile endeavor to a to a to men mm. maybe like I think there's this mentality of good enough like well it's good enough it's fine it does the job and it's like, does the job do I feel it? like really yeah the utility is like if something has the utility and it's performing at the utility for which it is designed a home keeps you dry and warm an outfit keeps you from being naked you know, your skin keeps you from spilling all your organs out into the street, like, good enough. That's a weird, scary example, but you know what I mean. Yes, exactly. So I think um, letting yourself get to the point where you can acknowledge that all of those are stand-ins for ultimately feeling better about yourself and then projecting not just utility, but like um, intentionality to the world is super valuable. So... I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Here's, here's me on style girlfriend, like saying that every day. So yeah. I think for that reason, it's like queer has been really fun to watch. Cause I just feel like sometimes you need to have the choir preach back to you. I'm just butchered that phrase. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you sometimes want to have yeah. someone else be like, what you do matters. <laughs> um, Tune in. So yeah. So if that isn't enough to make you want to watch, I don't know what, is if you honestly if you like style girlfriend you will like this show because yeah it's about bettering yourself it's so touching when these men have these sort of come to jesus moments of like 
I didn't even recognize how much I was sort of unhappy with my situation until I changed it. And I think the transformations, you can tell with some of them, like they, like maybe not every single thing will last forever, but you can tell that there are things that they're going to be reaching for again and again for years to come that feel like they've actually like dug deep and unlodged something that was stuck. Oh, what a good way of putting it. Did you see that Modern Family recently where uh, the redhead guy brings Cam in and then Cam has like, like to his therapist who he's been seeing for like years and years. Oh yeah, and the therapist and then Cam likes has him like, more. Yeah, but he has like one minute where he yeah. just does this monologue where he has like breakthrough over after breakthrough after breakthrough, oh, yeah. and then he's like, "Oh, I feel so much better now." <laughs> it's like that where it's yeah. like they get there and they get there really quick because obviously, yes, they do overhaul so much in such a short time, and that's yeah. and it's like a forty-minute show, one, but right? I mean, they redo their whole homes. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. So we're so lucky. Right? Yeah. Anyone should want to do that. I want to do that. Like, yeah. come make over me. Yeah. Queer Eye for <laughs> the poor New Yorker. I don't know. Uh, so, it's Queer Eye is super SG approved. Super SG approved. Super easy to binge. Super fun to watch. Like, if you have, like, if you have a significant other, I feel like you guys can, like, align on the show and watch it together. Super easy. Yes. Even if you don't, it's a great show to, like, and it's, like, a great, like, wind down show. Like, in the evening. Hey, like watch it alone. I feel like it serves a lot of purposes. I feel like it serves, like, a, a communal watch purpose and also, like, a solo watch purpose because guess what? You can cry on your own without anybody seeing because you will. And honestly, with This Is Us being on hiatus for the Olympics, I have needed it. Like, I yeah. – it's just their – like, they just walk into the house. I'm like, oh, my God, they're already helping so much. Like, it's – It's It's emotional. been ridiculous. So, yes, it, again, talking about, like, permission, if you need permission to just watch it by yourself and not feel, like, weird about it, pretend we're there watching with you I like using television shows as a way to get out my like extreme emotions that I don't feel with things that are happening to me day to day yes do you feel that way like you feel like you need to like like, feel extreme emotions crying about the show yeah really what you're crying about is like something else something totally different yeah but both honestly a little bit of both yeah I like I like using tv as a catalyst to feel my feelings Another thing that I want to talk about, you have been reading this book, and I'm uh, dying to borrow it after you, it's uh, very cheap, and I won't buy it myself now that I know you have it. No. Talk to talk to me a little bit about it. Okay, so I am reading a book called The Love Gap um, by Jenna Birch. Um, it just came out, right? It just came out, like, probably at the beginning of the month, tapping into, in a very, like, approachable way, the big kind of issues facing heterosexual coupling people uh, right now which is most easily summarized perhaps to say that like women uh, lately because of sort of this feminist movement that's come up and because of the she can have it all kind of ideas, women in the last few generations have been giving much more permission to take on traditionally masculine roles and traditionally masculine qualities, Um, which is everything from like education and career achievement on the other hand, men have not really been allowed the same, like, counterbalance. Like, they haven't been as encouraged to tap into whatever traditionally female roles or qualities like keeping a home, uh, nurturing kids and family, um, relying on their friends for support and relationships and connection. So, um, what that's led to, generally, she's always, like, careful to say that's not everyone is that it's led to a love gap 
where super high achieving women with a lot to offer are having a hard time finding men who are in the same place as they are when they're looking for a relationship because men have a harder time uh, achieving or reaching to achieve more than one thing at a time. Okay, let me pull up my little, like, I took a few notes so that I could correctly um, speak to what, speak to so what I have learned so far. Yes, I will say, while we can do that, that I have definitely found that to be true. Just in sort of, um, in passing, what you've told me about it has really rung true for me. I'm yeah. someone who, I'm absolutely part of that female set that has, like, felt more comfortable taking on a, like a masculine energy in terms of I'm very uh, aggressive in my career, and that doesn't always translate well to relationships, but it is something where, for a while, I was of the mindset that, like, I couldn't be good in a relationship until I had my career sorted out. And then totally. I had this, Me like, too. realization of, like, okay, well, that might be a while, so I don't want to be alone that whole time. And also, I don't think I deserve to, um, deserve to be alone is the right way of saying it, but maybe turning that around and saying, I don't Have not to, deserve a relationship yeah. just because this part of my life isn't figured out. Like, I'm just as worthy as anyone else that, you know, wants to sort of give love and, you know, share a life. And so, for me, that really resonates because I had to work my way past that. So, like, I'm kind of like the guy, I or I was, I was sort of that guy that was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be any good in a relationship until I can be, yeah, more sorted out. So until you've checked certain boxes. Yeah. And making so this much money, achieve this goal, mm -hmm. all this different stuff. Yeah. But so. I'm getting, I'm moving past that. Mm -hmm. And now I'm finding myself faced up against people who are still sort of the, you know, the old me of, yeah, like, I, I sorry, Megan, I need to figure this stuff out. You're great, but... <laughs> And I don't want to generalize too much, but every guy I've gone out with has fit into this book that I'm reading, and it's freaking me out. <laughs> uh, because essentially, also, she builds a lot of this book on the idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Google it if you're not familiar. But essentially, people are, people are familiar, right? You guys know. Yeah. It's like a really like common psychological sort of tentpole idea, you might say, where like basically the pyramid of needs. There are five levels, and the first one is super basic, and then they get more and more sort of advanced. Like it goes from survival to actually, you know. Yeah, and then, like, love and relationships is, and, like, understanding and community is around, like, three, and then self-actualization is number five, which, like, is, like, feeling. Nirvana. Yeah, nirvana, <laughs> essentially. And what she's sort of posturing in this book is that women, because we are web thinkers, and men, because they are linear thinkers, women are able to more easily move throughout Maslow's needs and balance seeking out different ones at different times. Like you might be looking for number three relationship community while self-actualizing in your career at the same time. Whereas generally speaking, again, men like to move more linearly through these needs. And then the different types of guys that you run into that sort of are problematic kind of fit into these like slots in between the needs. Like, she gets into a lot of these different things, and I have found it super enlightening because I think what's been hard for me is that based on reinforced behavior that I've received from guys that I've dated, I've gotten to this sort of like sad, scary place where I just think that guys don't have emotions and that anything that happens, if they ghost, if we break up, that they don't care because what's been fed back to me is that they don't. And, like, I don't have guys, like, swinging back into my life after they leave 
But reading a book like this has sort of also like helped me reframe how I think about the way guys go through relationships. And it's been very helpful and it's helping me, I think, kind of be a more um, sympathetic but also like smarter, what's going to help me be a smarter dater. Yeah. I went on a date this week and I was like, I'm like halfway through the book at the time and I was just staring at him being like, hmm. And like he said a couple of things where I was like, oh, not ready. Because that's the thing. She basically divides guys into two camps. Ready for a relationship and not ready. And the huge pile of not ready guys have all these different reasons that they're not ready. And then she just says basically like ready guys will show you like X, Y, Z. And that's who they are. So what would be your takeaway for guys who are listening to this and maybe identify with a not ready guy? They're saying, hey, I do actually, I, I do want to be in a relationship one day, but I do want to figure all this other stuff out and that's valid too. It's tough. I mean, the thing is, you, I, I think there isn't, if you're a guy who can balance both, like if you can chase a career and manage a relationship at the same time, like, um, and you're saying, oh, call me. But if you're not, like, you're doing a really good job and, like, that's impressive and sort of, like, out of character of, like, what typical studies have shown that guys are capable of doing. So I feel like if you are someone who really does think you're ready but also you're working on your career, so you want to, like, or even if you're not, you need to be upfront about what your desires are. I feel like that's super key. Like, if you're ready, out and proud ready. If you're not ready, out and proud, I'm still working on myself. I am, and it's, like, signifies what these guys say all the time. Like, I'm super busy with work right now. I just, I don't really like what I do that much. I see myself somewhere else in two years. I'm thinking about moving. I really want to travel. All of those things, like you say that and I'm going, bye. Like you're not ready for a relationship. You're not ready to like build something from where you are right now. Do you think, can you push against your nature? Like for me, I mean, we were talking about if you can change or not. I, yeah. I change. I was like, I can't be good in a relationship until I have my career sorted out. And then I was like, F that. Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if – I don't think I want to ask it by saying what's the advice to make guys be different. But if a guy has that point of view, but he also maybe, like, does want to be in a relationship, like, or at least he wants love, he wants yeah a partner, he wants someone to spend time with, like, how can he move uh, his thinking on that? Well – I think you just have to basically frame your priorities in a way that you give proper attention to both your career and to the person that you're in a relationship with or that you that you know that you can make time to prioritize people because that's all people want is to feel like they're a priority in your life. And so you may say you want it, but if you can't actually give someone the time and attention that they need to feel cared about, to feel important in your life, then then you're not. You're not ready for a relationship. It's just, I feel like saying that, like, being, like, I don't know. I think if you're still working on your career and working on you and you do want to be in a relationship, then you need to get really good at prioritizing and you need to be able to be a lot to a lot of people. And that's hard. It's really hard. Sure. Yes, I agree with that. And I guess maybe for me, like, again, because I sort of came out the other side on that, it was really important for me to recognize that wanting 
to be in a supportive relationship was a priority just as much as my career was a priority. But what she's basically saying is that your female brain is wired to do that, and men's brains aren't really naturally wired to do that. Like, we are able to self-actualize, work on our career, maintain our friendships, seek out a relationship, maintain, like, good bonds with our family, take care of a dog, clean your apartment, get a new apartment. But, like, I'm not really good at multitasking. Like, I cannot listen to a podcast and scroll through Instagram. That's not the same. It kind of I can. Like, I, I do think there's something to be said for like acknowledging that multitasking is hard, while also yeah, but multitasking big picture and multitasking small picture, I think, are very different. Okay, fine. So I guess what I'm saying is you're you're not giving yourself enough credit. You're doing more things at one time than you think you are. Probably. I guess then maybe it is not about trying to get a guy to realize that actually, like, underneath it all, he does want love. Like, maybe that's too much to ask. But would you say that it's fair, like, if you are, whatever, on Tinder, to be really upfront that you are not looking for anything serious? Like, should you kind of be, like, the people that are, like, um, paleo, not paleo, poly, like, polyamorous. Polyamorous. Right, like, do you need to put it out there just as much, you know, that you're not, like, that this will not turn into a relationship? Like, do you need to, is that something that is I don't think you have to, like, put it in your profile. I don't think you need to put it in your profile. Like, I mean, some people do, and then I think that's helpful to be, like, just on here to meet friends, just on here to have fun, not looking for anything serious. By all means, like, I think that helps people because... I think it's important to telegraph your intentions. Yes, I but I also it. think you don't have to, like, say it right, like, in your... But then when do you say it? On the third date when the girl already really likes you and she thinks it's going somewhere, and then you're like, hmm, sorry, babe this is never going to get serious. Like, that doesn't... I guess I'm just saying, Well, how can a guy be a better guy while also being true to himself about not wanting a relationship? Well, I would say there's some nuance in this situation, Megan. What? There's nuance? Nuance. I feel like we need, like, an air horn. Nuance! Yeah. Hopefully edit that part out of the podcast. Nope. Whatever it is. I'm just going to be right Stay in that in. microphone and super loud. Uh... Because I think that everyone's allowed to, because the thing is, people want to go on dates. If you're on Tinder and stuff, you're like, you probably want to go on dates and meet people, right? And there's no real black and white rules about when to state your intentions. But I also think that people are good at reading people. And there are some people who are good at, like, dating. Like, some guys who just basically become, like, super professional at being charming because they think it's fun to go out and date and just date and they're not looking for anything and they end up confusing women because they don't want to be a disappointment on the date. They want to be a good date and then get the positive reinforcement that they're good at dating and that they're a good person. Uh, But I think for the most part, people sort of telegraph through sharing stories about their life and the way they talk about themselves at sharing what it is that they what their intentions are and what they're looking for because like she's sort of saying in the book there are certain signifiers you can look for that will tell you but I mean you're speaking sort of as the female point of view here and I guess I'm saying like if a woman is not a sophisticated um if she doesn't have the level of sophistication that you do after reading this book to like I'm looking for the signifiers what can a guy do to be more authentically himself while also being like a stand-up guy. Like, I I just don't think it should be, like, a guy says, I'm really looking to travel more. And, like, 
then the woman just suddenly no. is like, okay, he's never going to be my boyfriend. Like, well, okay, yeah. So I would say there's something – I wrote about this a while ago that was basically saying – and this is simplifying it, but for both men and women, don't act like you want to be in a relationship in order to get casual sex and don't act like you're okay with casual sex in order to, like, woo someone into a relationship. And I think those things tend to lean more male and female, and you can guess which way. But um, I think that for guys, if you're not looking for a serious relationship, but you are looking to date, then you have to show with your actions that you're not looking to get serious. So, and that can be these little things. Like, it's how frequently you text, how frequently you try to make plans by being kind and respectful, but also not, like, being, like, all up in a woman's grill because you're bored at work, like, and then texting her all the time, like, developing this really, like, casual, friendly texting relationship, which I have, like, a lot of thoughts and feelings about, like, for another time, like, what texting means in relationships, but um, you have to, I think you can show it through your actions, and truly, if you're someone who's like, I think that this woman is getting the wrong impression about what I'm looking for. Like, if she's kind of giving you the signs that, like, hey, I kind of think that I like you. Hey, I kind of think this is going somewhere. Um, say it out loud. Say, or you can text it. I think it's fine to text because we're all kind of getting to that stage. Hey, like, I'm having so much fun hanging out with you, but I just wanted to let you know I'm really not looking for anything serious right now. And if you're on the same page, like, I would definitely like to keep hanging out. But if you're not, I, like, totally understand and maybe we should, like, leave it here yeah I think that's great advice radical honesty is that like the name of a book or something it's the name of my book <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh gosh um all right well that uh pretty much wraps us up Taylor mm-hmm. let's uh share our hot takes for the week Woo! do you want to go first <sighs> okay my hot take is that the Olympics are ending today <laughs> what <laughs> And I'm upset. I have become a different person. I transform into the best version of myself when the Olympics are happening. I So this is the tail end of, like, <laughs> top-tier Taylor. So say yeah, goodbye. Yeah, so goodbye to the best version of me. See you in two years in Tokyo 2020. And then see you again in Beijing 2022. And then after that in Paris 2024. Um, yeah. I love the Olympics so much. I have, like, a lot of thoughts and feelings about, like, how many great things we achieved, and I can share them with you very quickly. The first one is the two women who won the gold in the cross-country race, Jesse Diggins and uh, Keegan Randall. Keegan Randall is the only mom on Team USA. The only one. Um, And then my other hot take is Esther Ledica. I think that's how you say her name. This woman from the Czech Republic, let me tell you. She did, it was the super, uh, super G. She won this race by 0.01 seconds. Uh, she was super surprised. And you know why? Because she's also at the Olympics to do snowboarding. Oh, she's that one. Uh Uh-huh. And you know what else? She won a gold in that too. Okay. Sorry. Do you have any like takes that are like not just recapping what happened? Oh, (laughs) my take is that. Women kicked so much ass. I mean, and obviously there are female events, so, like, there's going to be women taking, like, whatever. I just look so proud of these, like, this woman who, like, did both. And what she said when people are like, oh, you should really, like, pick Talk about multitasking. Oh, sorry. That was mm. really loud. 
Multitasking. Like, sorry, I can't be like a financial advisor and a boyfriend. <laughs> Bitch, this woman won gold in different Bitch. sports. Or Two gold, different disciplines. Yes, yeah, she won gold in both. Both. <laughs> and when people are like, you should really special, like, she's they're like, what would you do? Like, people have been telling you to like pick a specialty. And she says, when people tell me that, I tell them I'll get a new coach. Oh my God, just get the people out of your life who aren't letting you do what you want to do. I love her so much. Okay. You know what, God, I feel like we, like, accidentally hit on a theme in this episode, and I feel really good about it. Yeah. Um, my hot take. Nuance and multitasking? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's great. I will say I'm not nearly as big of a fan of the Olympics as you are, but yeah, we were in Maine last weekend visiting a friend. Yeah. And we watched so much Olympics. Yeah. I still have no idea how curling works, and don't you dare explain it to me. Um. No. But so, it is a lot like shuffleboard. Oh. <laughs> Like, apparently curling is, like, the thing in Wisconsin. And Wisconsin and Minnesota. Uh, Listen, a lot of of the cross-country skiers are also from Minnesota. It's, like, the only... I don't know. It's, like, a big deal. Minnesota had, like, the most Winter Olympians, I think. Fine. Whatever. Uh, Go the Midwest. Right. Well, I mean, but mostly Wisconsin. So, I I don't feel as, like, oh, this ending. Because, again, I'm really excited about This Is Us coming back. And also... I don't know. I don't think the winter sports are as fun as the summer sports. But yeah. Well, and you're with a lot of America in that, but I'm a big winter sports enthusiast. Yeah, Check out my Tinder bio. And I mean that both in television and in life. Yeah. Well, you can't <laughs> accuse me of not having, like, mass, like, interests. I feel like I am, yeah. like, the common man when it comes. I'm just, like, far-reaching. <laughs> exactly. Um, my hot take is, this has actually happened a week ago, but I haven't been able to talk about it. So, away travel, who makes, we have both, we yeah, both match, have the matching luggage. suitcases we have, yeah. Um, they put out, they've been doing, like, all of these different collabs, and, mm-hmm. like, every five seconds it feels like they're dropping a new, which is great. I and mean, you've seen these bags, like, at the airport, you've seen, you've seen them. them at Penn Station, you've seen them everywhere. They're sort of, like, they're hard shell, different colors, and they've got these little kind of, like, lines, like, like ridges, sort of, like, across, like and people are, ridge. yeah, and, like, everyone who's wheeling them, like, seems like they've really got their life together. Right. So it's this direct-to-consumer company, honestly started by two girls about our age, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and they just did this collaboration with the NBA. And I remember showing you the picture, and they have, it's three different colors. And so one is, like, kind of a green, one's a gray. Yeah. And then one is this color that I mistakenly at first was thinking was, like, a millennial pink, and I didn't, or, like, a tannish pink. Uh-huh. And I kind of was like, I can't really see you guys hearing this, and then you, Taylor Davies, who is not, like, a sports man, besides the Olympics, was like, Megan, it's the color of a basketball. <laughs> and I was like, oh I'm my observing. gosh. Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch it at all. It's like, so it's like a leathery color, but obviously it's not the same. Um, it's not like pebbles finish. or no. like, yeah. Um, and so it just got me thinking about, like, if that's, like, an innovative, smart way of getting guys into, like, more fashion things, like, Sports, but make it fashion. Like, could we get guys to, like, use eye serum if it came out of, like... A basketball-shaped tube? Right. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like looks like a little football, and then you flip it open, and there's, like, serum in there, right? Like, Or if, like, um, who's a guy? Like, LeBron... Who's a guy? <laughs> and, like, LeBron James is, like, I love this beard oil. Yes. And, like, literally, Would, that's like, what celebrity spokesmen are, or spokespeople yeah. are, and what they're for, so I get that, but I just... I don't know, it just really made me laugh because I was, like, legit, 
legit some guy is going to be toting this luggage around and without context someone's just going to be like oh that man has a very nice like pinkish brown suitcase yeah and you're like um it's a basketball <laughs> it's like i guess fine like again like if that's what can get you into having like into upgrading your luggage and again across the board upgrading your style like i yeah. know david beckham just came out with some new grooming line like if some football loving whoever in like the uk is like you know what i never use moisturizer with spf but if david beckham thinks i should like i think it's a good thing yeah but it just it made me laugh so hard once i was like thinking about well it. and it's interesting <laughs> that it's not a spokesperson it's the nba yeah. it's not a person it's the actual it's entity like the of the of nba yeah so yeah. i think that bigger picture thing i think is very interesting as far as like collaborations like very very big and very very small Coming together, yeah. I couldn't think of another really relevant example of like. I really like the the football serum. I think we're gonna make that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. Thank you guys so much. Um, if you like this episode, please rate it, review it on iTunes, provide or Apple Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, provided that we actually get this up on iTunes. I'm still sort of a noob to how to do this myself. But we're going to be trying to do this regularly. Uh, Yeah, stay tuned in, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, thanks.